Hey, this is Michael Carey from Franklin High School, class of 2000, Portland, Oregon. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to High School Reunion, the podcast. This is the podcast that lets you catch up with old friends, flings, and even foes. Now here's your MC for the event, Adam Brumfield. All right, here we go, folks. Another episode of High School Reunion, the podcast. If you do want to be on a future episode, you can always get in touch with me by emailing me at hsrthepod at gmail.com. Again, class of 2000, showing up strong. Don't be afraid, people. I want to talk to everybody. So um, shout out to everybody that is reaching out so far. Um, A lot of good feedback and people seem to be enjoying the podcast so far. So appreciate the feedback. Uh, This week, big shout out. Michael Carey, everybody. How's it going, man? Good, brother. How you doing? Not too bad. Not too bad. Uh, I was looking forward to this one, actually. So, um, same. Same, yeah, same. Yeah, it's good. Do you do you actually know the first time we ever met? Bro, it was... Yes. It was... Uh, I want to say it was like 1987. Maybe Probably 1986. in that ballpark, yeah. It was like yeah, T-ball. I think it was either... Yeah, T-ball or the or the Coast League thereafter for Belmont yeah, Little League. Yeah, yeah. I, I was putting you to the test. I was going to see if you'd remember that. I was going to see if you'd remember yeah. that. Yeah. Well, then, I, I started seeing these podcasts. And I'm like, man, Adam Bumfield and I go way back, like 30 plus years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it all started with Belmont Little League. And then um, I, I really didn't connect until school until like seventh grade. And then yeah. um, that was, you know, the school time when kind of linked up with everybody uh because i went to private school for so long so like yeah I was, we didn't i didn't know you outside of the baseball. yeah 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 so and i think uh there was even a couple years there i think like when we got to minors i think we played together too and i think maybe your dad was a coach yeah the yeah mariners. the Lindsay hart mariners yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome i still have those old photos hanging that's around so man, like all my old t-ball photos and uh yeah. little league photos <laughs> That's what a so trip. Hilarious. You said Lindsay Hart. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. That's good. See, this is the stuff that I love. I love, I love. Doing yeah. This I may even have a hat put around somewhere. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> I still have my, um, my majors, my, my A's, uh, team photo. And I've got like, yeah. Like, I think Matt Clemenson, Jamal Cook, uh, Kevin Kaplan are all those guys that we, we grew up with playing baseball. So, it's yeah, it's pretty yeah. funny to, to go back. And it's crazy because <laughs> I, I moved away from that Little League um, shortly after, I think, minors. I think, it was I think minors. that was my yeah, last year. I don't there. remember playing majors with you. Yeah, and it was like the uh, the Oakland A's team that or they had up there. That was like the coveted team, everybody that wanted to be on that team, like the, all the hot shots. Yeah. And I went to Southeast Portland little league after that. And I played against you guys. Yeah. And then in all stars, it was like, it was man, so many <laughs> memories. Yeah. That was, that was such a good, so good. I'm, I'm glad you remember that though. Cause I was going to put you to the test to see if you'd remember that. And yeah, absolutely. Doing that. Um, how's life though, man? Life is good. How's, how are things going? Life is great. I just, uh, I'm busy. Um, just yeah. like everybody else has been on here. You know, we're at that time in our lives where it just seems like everything is nonstop and it yeah. it's, it's good. You got to take, take the good with the bad and roll with the punches and just, uh, kind of look forward to the next move. And yeah. dude, I'm telling you what, it's, it's busy. It's flying by. Uh, I can't even wrap my head around Isn't it. Isn't that so crazy? Like, and I've can, you, I've, this has been brought up a few times, but it's so crazy that like it's 20 years, it's, it, it's yeah. over, it's 20 plus years at this point, but man, like 18 just seems like yesterday. I still, I still feel like it hasn't been that long since graduating high school. It's like, man, I, you're not lying. It like hasn't 40 been 40 doesn't feel been... like as old as it should, you know, like, right. I think of what my dad was at 40 and it's like, I, I'm not, I don't feel as old as I remember my dad looking at 40. Right. You know, it's like, uh, it's just different. Absolutely. Different time. Oh, and yeah. I went to, it was actually, my dad graduated from Washington high school, um, class of 1980. Oh, wow. And I went to his 20, re, 20 year reunion the year after we graduated. And it's like, all these people feel so old. I'm like 18 and these people are old as my parents, but now I'm the exact same age they were. And I don't feel like they, I don't, I don't feel like 
as old as I thought they were at all. Like, and 20, it's funny, like your dad went to a school that doesn't even exist anymore. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And it's crazy, man. When I was, uh, I was doing some training after I'd lost my sight and it was right across the street from Washington high school. And they actually contracted with Washington high school to use the indoor facilities to teach like mobility stuff. And so nice. I remember going into that high school, that old high school. And it's like, so small it seemed like it should be like an elementary school or something it was so right. small and it's just like a big square and i was like this was a high school and like yeah yeah probably had like a hundred people in it <laughs> it's like it's like a city block and it's four stories high yeah 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 it's like <laughs> all right well i guess that's shout out to back in the day <laughs> yeah <laughs> way back, way back. Um, all right let's let's jump into this uh let's get into what i think people yeah, want to know and catch up and uh i'll start with the age-old question i've been asking everybody so far and it seems to uh work well but what was high school like for you man i'll tell you what the first couple years of high school i really had a hard time at, at first like finding myself and that's i mean you know typical get out of middle school you're going into high school, you're going from big man on campus to the little man on campus. And I even, I never really felt like the big man on campus, even in eighth grade. Right. And so the first two years of high school, I really had to try to find my niche. Um, I didn't have a whole lot of friends. I I got bullied quite a bit because I was, I mean, I was a little bit bigger than most kids, you, yeah. you know, kind of fat and chubby. And I, uh, I don't know, I just got picked on a little bit for that. And it actually, it's funny that I didn't think about all this stuff until um, I listened to Dre's podcast a couple of weeks ago. And I was like, man, the first two years of high school really sucked and I didn't enjoy it. And then one day I just started talking to some people and they were like, Hey, you play football, right? And actually it was, it was dud. Um, I I made friends with dud and yeah. a lot of other football players. And I just was like, yeah, I, I kind of play football. I'm on the team. I don't know if I play very much, but I show up. <laughs> yeah. Um, but then after that, my junior and senior year, man, it was, it was great. I, I loved going to school. I loved the interaction. I was probably the biggest slacker at school. I actually didn't even graduate um, in 2000, to be honest with you guys. I, uh, I um, didn't drop out, but at the end of the year, I didn't have enough credits to graduate. And yeah. so I just kind of stopped going, but eventually I finished it up and, and, got on with my life and did some cool things. But, um, high school was, it was great. The last two years, I had some good friends. I met a lot of people, hung out with a lot of people. I was kind of a part of every little group. I wasn't really like, I wasn't part of one specific group. It was, I'd hang out on the Hill. I'd hang out with the football players. I'd hang out with the choir kids. I'd hang out with the theater kids. Uh, cause I was part of all that. I did all those things yeah. and I just felt a like a, a yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. hundred yeah. percent. And not like a, not in a bad way, but in a way that I learned to appreciate people and that's really gotten me far in life um, even now to this day. So it's just been kind of a high school actually did a lot for me in that regard. Yeah. I, I, I've said this a couple of times now on the podcast and it's just, it's one of those things that I look back and I wish that I was a little more of a chameleon. Like I was, more of a jackass. Like I, you know, it's, it's just, it's so I weird to like looking back. I have great memories of you. <laughs> yeah. And, and I think I, I do too, but I definitely can acknowledge that I was trying to be somebody I wasn't like all right. four years. Like, all, you know, there was never a moment. There was never that aha moment for me to go like, Oh, this is where I belong. I kept trying to be a part of like one kind of distinct group. I was more like one of the corner kids and I thought that that's where I was supposed to be. I thought that those were the people that I was supposed to hang out with. And it, it really like detoured me from, I think appreciating school, high school a little bit more. Like I hear people's like experiences and what they did, you know, Friday and Saturday nights and even outside of school, just on a weeknight and whatnot. And it's like, man, my experience was not the same. And so, right. you know, being able to kind of be a chameleon like that and be a part of a little bit of everything and dabble in everything and kind of appreciate all walks of, let's say, high school life is, I think, yeah. was a big thing for some people. Yeah, definitely. It was nice because um, it's, it's weird because I don't want to 
I guess I gotta be careful about what I say, but there was this group of kids that were we we referred to them as the Mormons, and okay. we would hang out, and we referred to uh, Franklin Market as Mecca, and we would like be down in the, the cafeteria um, eating lunch, and then they'd all get together. I was like, hey, we going to Mecca to grab a soda or something, and we'd all just walk over to the market, and then as I was at the market, I'd see so and so, and I'd have a cigarette or I'd hang out with whoever was there. And it just was, yeah. it was a weird time. It was seriously it's definitely weird a weird time. I think like <laughs> Callie Kaysen said that it, everyone's kind of said that like high school is a weird time. It's just, yeah. you know, you're so and like you, trying to figure life out. Right. And you don't know it then you don't know it then at all. Right. It all kind of hits you like, man, what was I doing? I mean, n- not all of it was not hardly any of it was bad, but it's like, I guess I could have made some different choices or I could have made some better choices, but it was like, you're just in the now and you're, and you're living and hanging out. And like Jenny said the other day, it was a time of her life and it was, that's kind of how it was, you know, Um, for sure. You just got to embrace it. And, and uh, I guess now we're at the age where we just reminisce and remember it. (laughs) Yeah. And I think I I can definitely say I learned from it. You know, I I can look back and I may not have enjoyed it as much as I probably should have, but. I learned from it. I definitely yeah. look back and have been in positions in life through my twenties and my thirties and been like, that's, that's not what I want to do or that's not who I need to be. And kind of think back to those kind of teenage years and be like, ah, oh, I, yeah, let me change that right now. Like, that's not, that's not going to happen again. So yeah, you know, I can Absolutely. definitely take that away from it. Um, do you Absolutely. have any specific memories or times in high school that kind of stand out for you or that you've taken with you to this point in life? Something that you look back and it makes you giggle or chuckle or anything like that? And there were, there were a lot of instances that I, I, I remember and I remember them well, as far as like good memories. Um, in particular, I'm sure you might hear about this along the way is uh, our senior year of football. Uh, we were finishing up the last few weeks of football and I was on the practice field going down and I'm face to face with Chip Stanley and we're hitting in the sand and my, my left ring finger dislocates at the first knuckle and it's like facing the wrong direction. And Keone's over there. Like, like, I don't know. He's trying to summon, he thought I was cursed or something. He was like, Oh my God. Oh my God. And Kelly Hallett's, I think, I think Kelly Hallett puked. Okay. And uh, yeah, it was just, it was not a pretty sight. And I look back at that. And I, I remember like all these big dudes, like these, these tough asses in the, in the school, like were like just getting all bent out of shape about my finger that was crooked and pointing the wrong way. Yeah. It was, it was nasty, but it just, it made me chuckle to think about it. Guys about into big babies real soon. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. Super fast. <laughs> and I, I think uh, like dad was upset about it. He was like, dude, that's not right. Like just everybody was, Cause all the linemen yeah. and everybody was just, uh, yeah, they were kind of beside themselves about it. And it kind of ended my football days, unfortunately, but yeah, that's one of the things that stood out. And I think that's wholly the most memorable time in high school, uh, to be honest with you. But I, I like um, to ask like the, 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 the athletes, the players, the, the people that got involved in sports, do you, and we will, we'll dive into this a little bit more just cause I know a little bit about what you got into after high school and things like that. So, yeah. Do you think sports and kind of what you did growing up with sports, like molded you a little bit, like gave you some, um, like, uh, I can't think of the word right now, but it contributed to kind of how you grew up and how you looked at life, like out of, outside of high school, like your routine, yeah, the routine of sports and, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Like definitely the routine. Um, not, necessarily like a sport in general, but just the routine. Um, I don't know. It's, it's weird because the I, dedication, I guess I, the practice. Yeah. 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 It's just, it's, it's always taught me to, to go out there and, and give it my best, you know, and my, my best is not going to be the same every day. It's not going to be better than some people and it's, right. it might be better than some people, but it's my best. And that's what I have to focus on. And so I kind of took that with me even though, cause I, I was, like I said earlier, I was a big kid, but I wasn't strong. I wasn't the best kid out there. And I probably wasn't the best uh, person to play football, but I did. I enjoyed it. I had fun. Um, and camaraderie a little bit too, right? Like you get that, that brotherhood, that, that camaraderie. Yeah. Yeah. Your teammates. I mean, yeah. they're your brothers, like for sure. 
Um, there'd be times where, you know, I'd be hanging out on the steps, like we've talked about on previous podcasts and, and somebody come up and start picking on me and I got my buddies with me, you know, they're like, Hey, not today, chump. And yeah. whoever was trying to, trying to be the bully that day would, would get a send off. And it was nice. Um, but yeah, like it was, I didn't really like muscularly develop until I was probably 21, 22 or so. And that's kind of, I was in high school. I wasn't strong and that's, that's, I wish I would have been stronger in high school, but you know, you can't always, uh, you can't always go the way you want it sometimes, you know? Right. So. Yeah. Yeah. I look at that too. Like I, I, I developed later in life, let's just say, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, and it absolutely. happens for some people. Um, you know, we, we can't all be Frizzellis and be bald already at 14. <laughs> yeah, you know? like, yeah, and I'm going to keep bringing that up to him. And I, <laughs> I, I messaged him just before jumping on with you because his name's been brought up a few times and me and him were really Man. good friends. And, yeah. Uh, him and I, like, I think Matt down. and I go back even way before you, yeah. uh, you yeah. and I go back. We were neighbors. Um, when he went to Sunnyside, I went to Edwards. Okay. Back in 80, 86, I think. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he's going to be a good one. He's, he's, he's considering it. He, I got to, he I, needs to do it. We're going we're gonna to get him on here. Just, eventually. just suck it up and do it, man. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you have, you know, so you, you already kind of touched on a little bit that you didn't, you know, you, you made it to the end, but you didn't make it to the end, but yeah. was there any, you know, teachers or anybody that you kind of remember, you kind of look back on and, and realize that, you know, some of the stuff that they were saying or anything that you took away from their class or a yes. you know, kind of mentorship. I actually have a handful of teachers, man. Yeah. And this might sound like a, like that brown loser kid in, in school, <laughs> like a little suck up, but I'll tell you what, man, like I, um, I, I've heard this guy's name come up, uh, Jim Doolittle, the English teacher, Mr. Yes. Doolittle. Yeah. Just an amazing human being. Um, always, he was always in my face about it. Like, why aren't you trying harder? Why are you letting this waste away? He cared so much, time, right? Like that was his big oh, thing. Yeah. Hugely, hugely. And it's crazy. Cause he was always just like, you're such a, you're, you're wasting your talent. You're wasting just, you're so smart, all this stuff. And I didn't care. I was 17. I was fine. I didn't really, I mean, whatever. It's just high school. Right. But he, I don't know if he ganged up with other teachers and, and told them to like jump on my back about it. But Mr. Mateo, uh, the, the other English yeah, teacher, yeah. Manuel Mateo, he, he would do the same thing. And, you know, he's the East coast hard ass. Um, just always saying it how it is. And there's a few times he was just like, Mike, what are you doing with yourself? What are you, why are you wasting your talents? Why are you wasting your education? And I'm just like, I'm not, I feel fine. I'm not, I mean, it wasn't a big deal to me, unfortunately, <laughs> yeah. you know? And then one more is Russ Dillman. Uh, Mr. Dillman was always on my back about it. And I even, I'd even skip class other classes to go into his class with other people I knew just because I liked his personality and he was a great leader, great teacher. And so I spent probably more time in his class, not as a student than I did as a student. So I'm so glad you brought up Mr. Mateo too, because like I had him junior year and then I had Mr. Kendig also. And those two people Mm -hmm. like, and and really it's crazy. Like, I guess Mr. Doolittle's in there for me too. Like I'm not a book reader. I just, I never was not in high school at all, but for some reason, those guys got me to read books. Like, yeah, I, I, I don't know what it was. They, they made it interesting. They, they just had a way about themselves. Maybe it was their mannerisms. They were so laid back and, you know, just matter of fact about how to just be involved, I guess, in the class or yeah. whatever it may have been. But like I, I read books like in their classes yeah. and I just, I was not a reader at all. I hated reading. I hated all that kind of stuff, but, they, they got me to do it somehow. So yeah, they're like, yeah. they're like nonchalantly convicting you, you know, you're just, you're just a high school kid. And all of a sudden you have this guy who is a teacher, but yet he's like, he's, he's speaking some real hard truth Yeah, and it really hits you. And that's, it's exactly straight shooters, man. Those, all three of those teachers just always in my face about it. And actually crazy story is I moved up to Olympia shortly after uh, we should, I should have graduated shortly after high school. And I saw Jim Doolittle at a Starbucks in Chehalis. Okay. Actually, this, this may have been like, like 2006, like six years later. And he said the same thing. Like, How's you, how you, how you been? You finally graduated high school. And I was like, yeah, I did. I just got out of the Marines. And he was like, 
all right, my job's done here. And I shook his hand and he walked away. <laughs> <laughs> hey, finito. He can wipe yeah, his hands exactly. clean finally. He can, he can sleep at night yeah. now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Like it was a, it was a prodigal son or something. <laughs> no, that's, that's awesome, though. Do you look back yeah. and regret anything? Do you regret not actually putting a little more effort to graduate and walk with everybody? Do you look back at that? Or yeah. does it doesn't yeah, really absolutely. matter because you did it. No, I, I really do. I actually... Um, I mean, obviously, we know we can't change the past, but it's one of those times where it's like, man, I wish I would have applied myself. And I, I was at graduation. I was standing up on the on the lawn yeah. uh, by Benji, watching it, and I was actually like, I was, I was pretty upset. And yeah. that's been a, a memory of mine for 21 years now. Yeah. Just watching all of my peers, the people I grew up with, receiving their diploma, walking across the stage, and to not be a part of that and not to be with them, congratulating them. It really sucked, man. Um, but I went to the all night party and we hung out. I got to see everybody kind of like one last time. And then that was it. And that was, man, to be honest with it, it really, I don't, I mean, I like how my, how my life has turned out and the direction I'm going and how, what I've done. But yeah, that's definitely something that, that, uh, that hits pretty hard sometimes. You wonder sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you, yeah. T- you touched on it. And so I'll ask it now. You know, you you go to the all night party. You see all your friends. You, you know, you kind of say one last time. So, is there anybody that you keep in touch with today that you know you were friends with in high school that you grew up with, middle school, anything like that? Is there anybody still that's you know? I know as we've gotten older, people have moved away and things like that. And you know, you kind of touched on it that you you know you're you're out of the Portland metro area now. But is there anybody you still keep in touch with? Yeah, absolutely. So. Um, in March or April of our senior year, I actually moved in with Jason Duddington Okay, and I lived, okay. with, I lived in his basement. Actually, no, we were, we were upstairs. I lived with him and his parents and, uh, I lived with them for quite a while. My parents actually moved my senior year, <laughs> they oh, just left okay. town up here to Washington. And I was like, I'm not moving. So I just, uh, got a job at GI Joe's at Eastport oh, and I moved in with Jason <laughs> and I lived with him for, uh, man, about a year or so. And still, I, I hung out. We saw Keone, um, Kelly, uh, saw Shayla a few times at like Applebee's. Yeah. She was working there. And yeah, just kept in touch with some good friends. And then after I moved, uh, I still kept in touch with Jason. And I actually still keep in touch with Jason to this day. We talk three times a week, actually. So that was awesome. Uh, that was a like, fun, yeah. fun conversation I did with him the other day. Oh. Yeah, dude. He's, that kid's a riot, man. Uh, he's just always been just, he's, Oh, he's my favorite, man. He's like my big brother. Yeah, that's awesome. Let's keep it moving then and kind of go on to the afterlife of high school, the next chapter. The, the we are adults now and let's tackle life. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, June 2000 comes and goes. And, you know, as you say, you got you move in with Jason. You're working at G.I. Joe's. What yep. what transpires for you after high school? What What's life look like well, for you in your 20s? Um, working at GI Joe's and I'm sitting here and it's really, really thumping on me to, to finish school. So I make the decision to move up to Olympia and live with my family. And I was almost 19 at the time. And I went up to the school up here in Washington and it was like, I only needed seriously like six credits to graduate or something like that. It's ridiculous. And so I start school in February of 2002. And I graduate in June 2002 as a senior. So kind of took a year off, you know, to, to yeah. regroup my thoughts and <laughs> get, get back aligned, uh, get alignment. And Hold on, wait, can I add, like, was that with like Olympia High School? No, it wasn't Olympia High School. It was called South Sound High School. Okay. And actually, I was the very first uh, graduate of South Sound High School. That was so, a brand new school that year. So you're essentially 20 years old. Yeah, dude, I was I was high 19. School, like, what was that like? What is, is that? Is that weird? Like, are you going to school oh, every day dude. with the kids? Is that is that different? Yeah, yeah it was a, it was a trip. Dude. <laughs> I was like, I was so I, I showed up in February. I was I was nineteen. Yeah, uh, I showed up in February, graduate in June. From February until June, I was elected. Let's see, um, student body president. Um, I was prom king. I spoke at my graduation. I sang at my graduation. I was, I, I, I didn't, I mean, I ran a school essentially. Like you everybody knew who I was. I was calling teachers by their first name. Yeah. You know, I was just, 
it was awesome. it was it was intense, man. It was it was definitely a different experience than my first four years of high school for sure. Yeah, because I mean, nineteen, you've been you've worked, you've lived on your own, you like you've done all this stuff for about a year. Yeah, and then it's like, oh, I'm going to go back to high school. <laughs> like, <okay>. yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. Um, and then I got a job at a golf course, and so I'd work at the golf course. Um, and it was, I mean, it was, it was a blast, man. I, I enjoyed it. That has to be a moment too. Like when you actually finally get it done too, like was, yeah. was that something that was like a sigh of relief? Your parents had to be pretty proud and, and, you know, it was like kind of like, what were you going to do? What are you going to do? When you get it done. Yeah, it was. And actually my main motivation to go back and get my diploma was I tried to enlist in the Marine Corps after nine 11 and they were like, you need to get your diploma. I was like, okay, well, give me a year. I'll figure it out. And so that was kind of my motivating thing was to, to be able to be eligible to go into the military. And I'll tell you what, man, it was really special because even long after the class of 2000 graduates at Franklin, we're talking two years now, I had, I had friends coming up from, from Portland to go to my graduation. Um, That's awesome. Jason Duddington was there. Uh, Laura Young was there. Jared Burkle was there. Jordan Heyman was there. Oh and God. it was, I think I, I have this weird memory. I'm not sure if it's, if it's valid or not, but I, I think Chad Van Horn was there for some reason, Okay, but I just had this weird feeling that he was there like a, like a weird memory. So maybe he was, maybe I just dreamt it up, but it was really cool. Cause I had that support from, from my previous high school that, you know, my, yeah. my peers. And so it was ultimately the military was that, was that, uh, I guess that push encouraging factor. Yeah. So let's talk about that now. So, and I guess that's, that's kind of what, you know, what I was getting to earlier is that, you know, um, you talked about, you got a little bit stronger in your twenties, 21. Yeah. You contribute that. that was, I would assume that's the military. How to, what deciding factor was that? Why did you want to get into the military? <clears throat> well, it's, you know, one of the big things was, was September 11th. And I know that my view has kind of changed on it, that we can, anybody that has questions about that can feel free to talk to me. I don't want to really talk about that, but I just was uh, encouraged by the events to want to serve my country. And I went in, I signed up after I got my diploma and they were like, all right, let's rock and roll. So I, and even when I was younger, I talked about it with some friends of mine. Uh, so I was like 15, 16 years old. And I was like, I want to be a Marine. I want to be a Marine. And then I, I did it. I was like, you know, I'm going to go be a Marine. And so that time of my life was amazing. I spent yeah. four years in 2002 to 2006. And I'll tell you what, like that's, that's experiences of a lifetime and just the camaraderie. And we think that high school football has good camaraderie, man. These guys, it's, it's on a whole new level. A whole different and level, yeah. yeah. And it was, it was awesome. It was how I'm hard glad was that, that I was able to be a part of it. Kind of getting in, getting it was, into it, basic training and all that stuff. It was actually the, the hardest part for me was getting in shape to go to basic training. <laughs> so I have to go to boot camp here. And so I, I enlisted in May. I didn't go to boot camp until November. And so I've got six months to just cut weight, get fit, be able to run. And that's what I did. I did six months. I, I just ran five miles a day. I changed my diet. I lost about 40, 50 pounds wow. and I got to boot camp. And then it was, I mean, except for the, the whole yelling thing, that's, <laughs> that's different in itself, but yeah. the physical aspect of it, I had a down pat. I was, I've been there for six months. I could run, I could do everything they asked me to do, but the intense part of being in my face and just barking orders, like at first it was a little intimidating. And then I realized like, Hey, this is, this is all part of the drill. You know, they're, they're breaking you out of your civilian shell that you've been kind of uh, cocooned in for the last 18, 19, 20 years. It's the rewiring, right? They're they're Yeah. 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 Essentially they just, they create you into somebody that they want you to be or something that they want you to be. And essentially once, once that kind of got figured out, I understood and I had a little bit more respect for it. So I know you said you didn't want to talk a lot about it. Can, can I ask you a couple things about it? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay, for sure. okay. I've talked to a few people that I know, you know, people that are close to me who have been um, in the military during these last 20 years. 
and you can you can say what you want. Um, knowing when you went in at the time that you went in, you went in at a very high point of the past twenty years. Um, and kind of knowing what the outcome is now, can you share a few thoughts on that? I mean, you can say whatever you want to say, but I have my view on it is just, I would think, and I'll share my thoughts real quick. I would think as someone that went through it, I'm not somebody that went through it, but somebody that did go through it and to know kind of what the outcome is as of, as of recently, how do you not look at it as if it was all for nothing, I guess? Yeah. You know, I don't, I don't, I can't wrap my head around that. And I try to ask people that experienced it. Like, it feels like you gave up a lot of your life and the end result was not what it should have been. Right. Yeah, no, you put it perfectly. And that's like the expectations are, um, are a lot different than the outcome, unfortunately. But, and, and like, it's as young kids, I mean, I, I can now now that I'm almost forty, I consider twenty being pretty young, you know. Yeah. Um, you ha- you kind of have like these, uh, I don't know, like these uh, invisible encouragers that that help you make decisions. Um, okay. A lot of a lot of emotional, a lot of mental decisions, and I've learned this throughout the years that there also has to be a little bit of logic involved in those situations. For sure. Otherwise you can get yourself in trouble. So I, yeah, for sure. On the emotional level, I saw that, you know, things were happening. I wanted to be a part of it and go out there and do what I can. And then I went to Iraq in 2006 and I was there for about the last eight out of 11 months of my, of my contract. Mm-hmm. And that's, it's, it's crazy. It's, it's, uh, and it 2006. Was yeah. Was a scary time. That was when that it was, was like oh five to what like oh seven was some of the worst that it possibly. Yeah, right, be, right after right? the push in 03 was pretty bad. Yeah. And then um oh five, oh six, oh seven, we had the the Saddam regime was kind of getting taken out. Mm-hmm. And then oh seven, oh eight, we started getting into Afghanistan. And so it was it was growing. It was an ever growing uh war. And with the like you said earlier, the the recent events kind of takes the wind out of your sails pretty quickly, yeah, you know? Yeah. And there's a lot of things where it's like, I know that I don't have any control or I never really had any control, mm-hmm. but it's still one of the things like I was a part of it. I, I was in it. I was, it was real to me, but it's been like, at what cost? Right. at what cost was that real to me? You know? Um, I don't really necessarily say I sacrificed my time because like I said, man, it was, it was a great time. I made some great friends that I still keep in touch with to this day. Mm-hmm. And I loved every minute of it. What However, you... I do wish that oh, ahead, things would be a little different by the outcome, especially recently. So, I mean, that's, it's just, uh, kind of takes one out of yourself, like I said. So, yeah. Yeah. I would, I would think it would. And, and that's, that seems to be the answer that I get from the handful of people that I have spoken to who, like I said, were in it over the last 20 years and you know the the end goal was never really known but it it was kind of an assumption i guess and maybe Mm -hmm. that's not the best thing to do is is ever to assume the old saying but yeah i i I can't help but just kind of wonder you know and that's why I, i i like to get that kind of point of view from people who were there so yeah, which, which is why well, I, I do the same thing. I talk yeah. to friends and I say, Hey, what's your opinion on this? Just yeah. because I want to see if it aligns with mine or if it's something completely different because you know, we all have our own opinion and right. I just, yeah, it's just kind of, it's uh it's tough to chew on man. Yeah, I would think so. I would think so. What did, uh, what did you do in the military? I was a military policeman. Really? So essentially I was, yeah, I was the Marine Corps cop. I, uh, patrolled the base. I, Saved everybody from domestic assaults and domestic violence reports all day long. <laughs> nice, nice. <laughs> but yeah, it's not all cracked up what it was. Like, man, I had this great image of of just being a police officer. When I was five years old, I wanted to be a cop. And yeah. I joined the military, became a cop, and I got out, and I was like, I'm never doing that again. 
then I started driving trucks. So. <laughs> <Is it? laughs> so we'll get into that and we'll get into that. What painted the picture to not become well, a police? That's, once you that's, got a, that's a huge question, man. Okay. That's a huge question. So I, I'm going to, uh, this is kind of like going off of what this whole podcast is, but I, uh, had an instance Okay. Um, that I've, I've told like like five people. So you guys are getting this story. Okay, here we go. Buckle up, people. By Let's many go. years, yeah. <laughs> Grab your pot, so man. it's uh, <laughs> it's rough, man. So the it was uh the last Sunday of September in two thousand and four. Okay. I, I get a call um, to some housing area. Um, a woman had hurt herself, and I'm showing up, and uh, we're getting the call finished up, and I hear a. Uh, I hear a gunshot, which isn't too uncommon on a military installation by any means. Mm-hmm. And I was about a mile away from, from the gun range. And I knew the base pretty well. I do remember saying to myself, huh, that's weird that they're at the range on Sunday. And then about four or five minutes later, I get a, a call over the radio. And it's for a call that's about three blocks from where I am. And this is supposed to be my day off. <laughs> I'm not even supposed okay. to be working today. I'm like, it's like a, a clerk's type thing, you know, like it's my day off. Um, and I get a call for a, a gunshot wound. Um, and I'm like, okay, uh, what kind of gun is it? BB gun? What are we, what are we talking about? It's a, a nine-year-old kid. I'm like, they're like, we have no information at this time. Just go to this address and, and check it out. And then my watch supervisor was not too far away from where I was. He met me there. And as I'm pulling up to this house, this woman is holding her, her kid, like screaming, crying. I'm like, Oh crap. What's going on? Like what's, what's happening. And her son's like, I didn't mean to, I didn't mean to. And we walk into a scene. That's just, it's, it's not a good scene. Um, essentially what had happened was um, a, 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 a woman came in from out of town with her son to visit her boyfriend on base and the uh the son brought a friend and they were playing with a 30 out six um oh, the night before this incident happened and they're out in the backyard with a ghillie suit on crawling around like snipers right well apparently over after the kids went to bed um there was a round um rack into the chamber and early that morning when the kids woke up and they're playing and everything and the son turns and shoots his friend in the chest with a 30 out six from like two feet away. Mm. And I was, I was, uh, the first responder to that call. And man, like if, if, yeah, I, I growing up, man, I, I love, I love kids. I, I have a, I don't know. I just grew up loving kids. Yeah. I, I worked at the daycare for a while. <clears throat> And that's a tough, was, uh, that's a tough, yeah, tough situation. exactly. Yeah. yeah. And so I see this nine-year-old, um, unresponsive child on the ground. It really, it really hit me hard. And I just never wanted to go through that ever again. And it took a while. And there's some th- times where I still see some triggers of it. And I get that feeling of just like a, a solid stomach, like my stomach just drops and right. it's, it's tough. And it's a tough, it was a tough experience for me. And after that happened, I just decided that, you know, maybe this, this life isn't, isn't for me. Um, the, the, the police, the police life, I stayed in the military. Obviously I was, I finished my contract, but I, um, kind of stepped away from the, the patrolling scene mm-hmm. and I stuck to like uh, gate duty and dispatch, uh, which was fine with me, but it was that one instance, man, that just, it changed, it changed my life, my perspective. And, and, uh, yeah, it really, and it really hit me hard. Military police, you're, you're more patrolling the like military housing and stuff like that, right? Like you're. Yeah. 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 We're, okay. we're not strictly on base. Like it, we, you know, so I was stationed at Camp Pendleton in California. Okay. And there are, I think it's like 17 miles of I five run, run through it. Mm-hmm. And so we are able to, if we see somebody like speeding a hundred miles an hour, we can obviously pull them over and call California highway patrol, but we were mostly just on the base patrolling the base um, kind of like just the city cop would do, you know, rolling right. through the streets and making sure everybody's doing what they need to do. So, and then, yeah, that, yeah, would, um, that. that would definitely give me a different perspective for sure. I mean, knowing yeah. that that 
as a regular um, city police or state trooper, whatever it may be, like that's something that you potentially could see every day, every shift. Yeah. You could see that, you know, like hundred yeah, percent. you have to be, you have to be willing to be okay with that. And, and yeah, it's, it's not for everybody. And, you know, shout out to our police officers that do go through that and know yeah. how to, to manage that and know how to handle that and, and can, can process that. It, it's, it's tough. Yeah. I, I don't yeah, know. It's it's, really tough. Um, yeah. No, that's, a, that's unfortunate. Um, yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. So, so you get out of the military around 2006. Yep. November, 2006. So 15 years ago, last month. Okay. Actually, I'm going to go back and I yeah. just said, what, what was like going to Iraq? Like, I guess, man, what, was, what is that kind of man, experience? I, had you been out I, of the country much other than that, like as a teenager or anything, like traveled out of the country even, or is that was no. that like your first time? I went to the Baja of Mexico, like Mexicali, Baja, okay. Mexico, okay. like a, a handful of times, you know, yeah. nothing, nothing. Yeah. I've never been outside of the continental U S um, yeah. it's, it's yeah. Except for going down South uh, 50 miles down South, but it was, I don't know. Like I, people ask me this question. And I, I always feel so silly when I give this answer, but, um, I don't know if it's because I, I mean, things turned out the way they did, but Iraq for me, uh, was, was an unforgettable experience. I, I thoroughly enjoyed my time over there. Um, which is weird, right? It's a, it's a weird thing to say, but let me tell you kind of why. I think people would say, well, you were in a war. What do you mean you enjoyed your time over there? Like, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So, um, uh, my, my company was, uh, tasked to do, uh, convoy security route clearance. And essentially we would just drive all of the main roads in Iraq, uh, for hours at a time and make sure that they were safe for our convoys to transport our goods with. Um, so like different bases here and there. Okay. And so we would drive, uh, a stretch of like 80 miles every day back and forth for 12 to 14 hours and make sure that we didn't have any IEDs planted on our, on our main supply route. And it was clear and free to go. And then when we weren't doing that, we were escorting um, hundreds to 150 truck convoys from point A to point B mm. um, between bases on the country roads while they're transporting our mail our food or water uh, from base to base. And so it was, it was really intense. It was a very intense job and we, we were, we were good at it. Our, my specific platoon or company, whatever a battalion, we, we got the job done. We did a really good job for six straight months of just supply route clearance. And I got some time in the city to, to really hang out with some locals. Um, I got to try their food, got to just meet the people, you know, and the culture was great. They're, they're very, they're a very giving culture. And uh, I'd be invited to have tea with them and we'd have non and we would just do, we'd hang out, we'd play soccer. They love soccer over there. Yeah, yeah. And that part of it was, it was real for me. That, that was, that was a great time to, to be in that situation. Now being in their shoes, I understand that they were probably scared shitless that I'm walking around. I have my pistol, my M16. I have, my knives, I have grenades, I have all the stuff, right? But just to see how generous they were was it was really it really touched me. It was it was a, a good opportunity. Um and yeah, it was just and a unique experience. What what we see on TV is it it's it's kind of like that in real life as far as like the, the terrain. It's very just broken down, it's very dirt roads, just very, yeah, very dirt desolate. roads, mud buildings. And, yeah. Um, there's some, there's some nice, nice places in it, you know, like in the, in the major cities that have the money, but where we're kind of tucked away, it was mostly dirt roads, um, just run down communities, if you want to call it that. And we, we talked about perspective a little bit with high school that, that probably has to put life into a, quite a, quite a different perspective. Yeah. Yeah. Tons, I, I just have, I just have a lot more 
respect for, I yeah. guess, what I have, you know, it's, it's allowed me to, to cherish and hold things, hold things that are hold things that are close to me a little closer and really not take things for granted, man. Like sure. the fact that I have, I have a, um, a nice big bed and a down, down comforter and a pillow. Like <laughs> that's, yeah. that's a lot. That, those three things right there, man, are a lot more than, than what they have ever over there. And at least, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So it just, uh, my perspective. Yeah. And it, it's not, I don't, I don't, I'm not a judge judgmental person. I don't judge any means, but like, I never really understood what kind of country it was or what kind of, uh, um, climate it was as far as their, their life, you know? Right. And I have a little, little more respect for that. And the way that they just make things happen, dude. I mean, it's just, they just get it done. Yeah. I, you know, it's it's cheesy and corny, but I'm going to say it anyways, and I say thank you, and I appreciate what you did, and I appreciate what, you know, your comrades and everybody did. So, you know, thank you yeah, again. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, it's my I pleasure. I think a lot of people appreciate and, it. Yeah, and that's like, that's something that I I I cherish those moments, you know? Like, I, yeah. I respect the, the thank yous, and it was for people like you that I grew up with, man. Like, yeah. that just, I, you know... I, uh, I, I love my people. There was a purpose for it. I, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. There was. So yeah, so it change it for the world. 2006. It's, it's time to check out. It's time to clock out. Yeah. Um, buddy. Enjoyed your time. <laughs> what takes off? What, what transpires after 2006? Where does big Mike carry go from there? Well, um, January of 2006, two weeks before I leave for Iraq, I married my wife. And I, uh, yeah, it was, um, the last week, uh, actually it was a week before I went to Iraq, man, crazy times. So next year we're hitting 16 years next, actually in a month and a half, 16 years. And thank you. And, uh, so I get married, uh, go to Iraq. Um, I get back from Iraq at the end of July. Uh, I get to come home for a while, come home on September 1st, my birthday, and then I have my, my wife has our daughter on September 9th of 2006. Oh, nice. So you I get, get, to, a, I get to witness that. that. Nice. Yep. Super excited about that. And I have to go back down to Camp Pendleton for a couple more months. I get out middle of November. And man, since then, it's, I'll tell you what, like being in the military is easy. It is easy. Um, getting out of the military and then trying to figure out how to, how to make money and, Function. and provide for a family that's tough yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. and especially yeah that's that function whole thing like they're there's they're not kidding man like they there's a uh four week long class so teaching how to how to be a civilian again you know and so i get out 2006 have a daughter have a wife uh i'm living with my mom-in-law for like six months seven months and i'm going crazy it was a tough time for me especially after being home from iraq um Although there are some a lot, like a lot of good things about Iraq and um, enjoyable moments, there were a lot of shitty moments that sure. uh, really haunt me or haunted me. I don't know if it really haunts me as much anymore, but I I kind of checked out mentally for about ten years, uh, to mm-hmm. be honest with you. And it sucks because my oldest is now fifteen, and there's a whole lot. I was working two jobs, going to school, and there's not a whole like there's a whole lot I don't really remember. I, I may have been present for it physically, but just mentally, I just wasn't really there. You're basically and, just coasting through. Yeah, absolutely yeah. coasting yeah. through. Um, I had six jobs in between 2006 and 2014. I think is when I finally buckled down and realized, that, "Hey, this is this is real life we're talking about." Um, but just dealing with my demons, you know, trying to trying to combat that, and that was tough for me because I didn't know how. Young kid, 24 years old. Um, but as time goes on, now. I, man, I'll tell you what, I have a, I have an amazing wife who's very patient with me and has helped me to understand what, what kind of puts me in that situation of, of just, uh, anger, the PTSD. Um, so she's been super patient, man. Like if it was, if it was turned, I don't know if I'd be that patient. It's, it's really, she's something because, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm glad I'm still married. I'll tell you that much. It's interesting Um, because, um, 
I think one of the last times you and I talked, and it's interesting knowing what you just said now, was right around probably 2009, 2010-ish. Yeah. You were up <laughs> and, in Oak Harbor. Yeah, I was in Oak Harbor, and uh, I was trying to be a slimy salesman and uh, get you involved in Amway. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. Multi level marketing uh, vitamins, Vita packs. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, I sent you like a care package and everything of energy drinks and our vitamins. Yeah, absolutely. I was so stoked. I was like, oh, I'm going to get him. He's going to be on board. (laughs) Yeah, I realized, like, oh, this this thing sucks. (laughs) (laughs) That's hilarious. I forgot all about that. (laughs) Yeah, that that was a trip, too. That was, that was an interesting time. Um, no, but I, you know, I, I've heard that, you know, for people and it's, I think people just assume just the, the people working the front lines and on the, the, the combat vets are like the ones that struggle and everything. But it's like, I think anybody that's over there, anybody that you're seeing it, you're firsthand experiencing what's taking place, like. You can't just assume like, oh, this person just did logistics and moved, uh, you know, containers from place to place like that their job was any easier than someone that's out there firing rifles all day long. Like they're seeing the same shit that other people are seeing, you know, they're hearing the same things. They're going through the same struggles. It's and so, you know, it, it makes sense that there's there's a period of your life where you, you have to figure out how to maintain, how to get by, how to, you know, like you said, you come home and you got a wife, you got kids, you got, you know, for eight and a half, nine months, 10 months, it's take care of number one, watch your back, watch your other people's back, watch, you know, and then you got to come home and take care of a family and do all this stuff. Like I don't, people don't, stop the process that like it's not easy just to jump back into life so it, it makes sense that right. there was a downtime for you to kind of put the pieces together and figure out what's the next step so yeah yeah you can yeah exactly you can figure you can be strategic about it but yeah. when you're just thrown to the wolves it's like every man for himself you know and yeah. it's it's exactly how it was and it's i i one time i put it into perspective for my wife to understand is that so Everyday life, it's normal for people to get in their car and just drive to work, drive to wherever. And I really had a, a, a long, it was a long time to adapt to that, especially after I got back from Iraq because um, I was a driver and we had to watch for anything in the road. We had to watch for water bottles, um, trash, boxes, anything could be a potential threat and cause harm to me and my, and my boys, you know? So yeah. I got home. And I was, I remember specifically one night I was at the softball game here, uh, in Lacey and I, I started freaking out. I have, I was like hyperventilating. I was starting to get like lightheaded. I was having a huge panic attack and my dad was there and he's like, Hey, what's up? What's going on? And I said, I, 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 I feel like I have to go on a mission like, um, I have to, so <laughs> this is weird. Cause I, I, uh, I'd go on missions every day, um, when I was in Iraq and I'd, I'd get really built up about it. I'd kind of prepare myself mentally like, yeah. all right, this, I mean, this could be it. You never know. And doing that for every day for eight, eight months, it kind of got routine. Well, now that I'm here back in the States, that's not routine. It's not normal for people to freak out if they have to go for a drive or whatever. So it was after the game was over, I'm heading to my car and I'm just freaking out. Like I have to drive. I have to drive. I have to drive. And I I got all, I got all really antsy and emotional about it. And it was, it was just a weird experience for me, but that's what made everything so real (laughs) and that it was still in my head, still in my mind. And it had a lot of control over me for a long time. And that was what I had to really really face to uh to figure it all out so well i don't think people understand i mean and i and i don't fully understand but i think i've done i don't want to say i've done research but i i've i've studied enough about the last 20 years in the different positions and the different things and i've even listened to a few different podcasts 
it's a firsthand experience from different people who had different jobs, different roles in the military during this this current wartime that we were in. And someone like yourself is, you're like you said, you're clearing the roads for the people behind you. You are the person that has to encounter things first. Like, sure, you might be riding with someone that this is their specialty. Yeah. But you're in that yeah. same truck as that person. You you exactly. encounter everything <laughs> first. Like you're encountering yeah. the that the the explosives, the tripwires, the that's your job. Like the nerves, like I you know, I'm not trying to laugh at it, but my God, the nerves to be able to go and say, I've got to clear the road for all these people behind me. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah, it's intense. there's no one clearing the road for me. I I'm I'm the one doing it. You're right. like that's your operation human shield from, yeah. uh, from South park. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Shout out to the South park reference. Yeah. Um, but no, I, yeah, it's, um, I, it makes, it makes a lot of sense why it, there's a transition. There's people that yeah. struggle with it. So it, it totally makes sense, but yet yeah, absolutely. those that follow you on social media know that you drive for a living, right? Yeah, I did for a long time. <laughs> I, I, yeah, yeah, I drove. I drove semis for, uh, gosh, twelve. So how years. does that happen? How does that transition take place? So um, my first job out of the military was a beer merchandiser for okay. a local distributor, and my task was to go into a bunch of stores, take the deliveries, um, stock the shelves, make the back stock look nice, and I did that for about two years. Actually, no, it was yeah, about two years. Well, halfway into the second year, I said. I want to be a driver. I want to, I want to, I want to drive truck. Um, my, my grandpa drove truck. My dad drove truck. I was like, I might just keep the family tradition rolling. I'm going to get my CDL. Mm-hmm. So this is before Washington adopted that um, whole CDL course thing. Yeah. yeah and I yeah. had to pay like six grand to get your CDL. I paid 75 bucks. I got my CDL. I took a test, whatever. It was fine. And I started driving truck 2007. And then in 2008, I go in there and I'm like, hey, I've got my CDL now. I want some more money. At this point in time, I'm making like $12 an hour. Okay. And they're like, well, you just got your CDL like like uh, eight months ago. We're not ready to give you a raise yet. And I go, well, this driver's making 19 bucks an hour and he's only been here for a year. I've been having my CDL for eight months and I make a third less than that. And they're like, well, yeah, it's just not the right time. Well... I'm frustrated. I've been driving truck for a while. I follow this, this link on Craigslist and I apply for this job and I have no idea what it's for. It says CDL driver in Centralia, Washington. And I don't remember, like I I vaguely remember applying for it, but like three weeks later I get this call from this guy and he's like, is this Mike? I'm like, yeah. He's like, Hey, this is Mike. Um, I want to have an interview with you. And I'm like, about what? He's like, well, you answered an ad that we had on Craigslist Shout about Craigslist. a driver. I said, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, can you come down here? I was like, cool. Yeah, I'll come down. So I meet this guy like in this shack out in this <laughs> propane field. Okay. And um, he's like in shorts and a t-shirt. I'm in my beer throwing clothes. I have uh, my beer, like my beer uniform on. Mm-hmm. And I show up and I do this interview and it's with uh, Blue Rhino, the propane company. And he goes... Yeah, I want to hire you right now, 22 bucks an hour. And I'm like, done. Yeah. That's not even sign me <laughs> like, <up. laughs> yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Where do I sign? <laughs> exactly. So I show up and I start driving uh, propane trucks all over Washington and Oregon, uh, delivering propane to like Fred Meyer and Lowe's and all these places. Okay. And that's when my trucking career started. That's then I drove that's uh, awesome. beer again after that. Yeah, it was great. And then I started driving for a company that I'm currently with in there for uh well, second time now for almost six years. Um, and I love it. I'm, I'm not driving anymore, but I'm uh, a territory sales manager. been doing that for a couple of years now. And okay. this is, yeah, this is it, man. This is where I want to be. So what are you selling? Sales, sales manager. So anything and everything that you see in a convenience store that mm-hmm. is uh, perishable, non-perishable grocery items, anything that you see in the, like, that can be wholesaled, I, I will put there. I'll sell it to the store. Oh, nice. So pretty much anything from their coffee programs, their food service programs, 
um, anything on the shelves, hang bag candies, hang bag snacks, candy bars, anything that's in there can uh, comes from me. So that's awesome. That's what I do. Yeah, it's it's a it's a trip, man. It's it's super so fun. Just, kinda, just interacting with people driving around on. store to store. Are you on the phone more, like talking to guy, you know, trying to you know, <laughs> push some product on them and things like that. Is that yeah. what you're doing? Yeah. No, it's uh well, it's funny because um in 2020, God, yeah, almost two years ago. So uh, my wife and I just had our third baby back in 2020. So we have oh. an almost two year old, and um, with a six-year-old in the middle. I forgot even thought about all that cool stuff, but um, I'm working at Macy's at the time. I'm an executive sales manager at Macy's. Uh, my wife goes into labor and Macy's is like, hey, executive managers get 12 weeks off. I'm like, done. I'm taking it. <laughs> yeah, so I took 12 weeks off and I go back to work. And during this 12-week process, um, one of my former managers at the company I work for now reached out to me and says, hey, uh, do you want to apply for this job that we have available down here? I'm like, absolutely. Applied for it. I didn't go to work for the first six months of 2020. Wow. I stayed home. Yeah, I, I took that job the day we went into quarantine and I worked from home for three months. So I was home from January 1st until July 8th, I think, wow. of 2020. And I worked from home. But ever since then, man, I'll tell you what, it's a grind. I, I visit 60 stores a week. Um, I'm on the phone quite often. And like tonight before we spoke, I had some work to do. That's why I work quite a bit of hours, yeah, yeah. but they take care of me, take care of my family. And it's a, it's a great place to be. So family life, you know, you said you, you've been with your wife almost 16 years, been married almost 16 yeah. years. Um, yeah. you know, I guess the first question, how, how'd you meet? How'd you, how'd you guys come across each other? Well, when I moved up here to Olympia, uh, when my parents moved up here, I followed them shortly after I moved out with Jason or I moved out of Jason's house. And met my wife and we've been together 20 years in November, actually. Wow. Um, so yeah, it was November of one, actually it may have been November, 2020. So 21 years. Yeah. 21 years. Sounds about right. Um, met her through church. My dad was a pastor for many years. And a lot of you, a lot of people listening to this went to youth group with me yeah. at my church out in Gresham. And, uh, yeah, that kind of changed after a while, but, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, met her at church. Um, I went to the Marines. We still dated long, long distance relationship type stuff mm-hmm. and it worked out pretty well. And then, uh, yeah, I got married 2006 and this January will be 16 years. And we have, uh, our oldest daughter is 15. Uh, we have a middle daughter. She'll be seven and actually her and my wife share a birthday. Oh, nice. So yeah, 30 years apart. Exactly. And then our youngest will be two on New Year's Day. And another girl? Yeah, all three girls, man. Wow. Lucky the, you. Lucky you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I what, think you were just um, talking to Jason about that, like um, how he was talking about his daughter and yeah. and how like I I always wanted a boy. It was always one of the things I wanted. But after having three girls, it's like, man, I wouldn't change this for the world. Yeah. I yeah. love it. Hashtag what, girl um, man. What what was that like when you had your, when you had your first child, that experience of kind of becoming a father, I like to ask everybody that question, kind of those who are parents, yeah. like, what has that been like for you? Well, knowing you were um, it's, it's kind of a tough question to answer because I was in that, that state of mind where I was just kind of like, blah, I wasn't, I was kind of checked out. I, I remember some of it. I remember, I think I remember most of it, but um, the, the delivery process almost killed my wife and she was, um, like on the table, like almost dying. And it was, it was tough for me to wrap my head around that. And I think a lot of that first child kind of awesomeness was lost in that situation, unfortunately, (laughs) but as time grew on, I, I kind of, cherished it more. I, I don't know. It's, it's kind of weird because it was really nice. I actually remember when I finally got out of the military, mm-hmm. I remember rocking my daughter um, to sleep and holding her. And like, it's like, remember thinking this is this, like this human belongs to me, you know, right. like it was, it was really awesome. And I had that, I had that moment a couple of times. Fortunately, I'm glad I have those memories. But 
it was just, it was, it was awesome That's to say the least. Like, yeah, I just, I remember thinking like, I'm in charge of you for the next however many years of your life. Yeah. I have to make sure that you're, you're clothes fed and all this stuff. So you have a, a 15 year old, uh, I would assume high school age. Yeah. She's a sophomore uh, in high school right now. What has that been like? Are we, are we having to fight off boys at the front door? What, what is, what's that like for you? Um, it's actually, I'll tell you what, she started dating this kid last year. Mm -hmm. Um, what's it? No, it was so almost two years ago. They've been together for almost two years. Okay. Um, this kid that she's dating, super cool kid, really athletic, love sports, really uh, respectful. Okay. And his parents are pretty cool too. Like we, uh, we have a great relationship, so I don't have to worry about any, I have to worry about him, but I don't have to worry about kids. I don't know yet. So that's great. I mean, God forbid they ever break up. Uh, have put me in different different situation, but no, this kid's really respectful and yeah. just a uh, super cool kid. And he's kind of like, um, he's kind of like Matt Frizzelli in regards where he's uh, he has a beard. He's 15 years old, has a beard, but this dude has like hair like sideshow Bob. So he kind of he's um, got Matt beat a little bit. Yeah, that's, that's so it's hilarious. Yeah. Uh, kids today are different. Kids today are different. Yeah, yeah. way different, man. Yeah. No, that's awesome though, and. uh Kids are kids are all pretty good. Then they're they're all pretty pretty smart. Take, I'm guessing they take after their mom. <laughs> yeah. Oh, for sure, man. Yeah. Um, my wife was always on top of the uh, the whole yeah. education thing. Um, just growing up, she was honor student, AP classes, all this stuff, and total opposite of me. Right. Yeah. But, that yeah, it's, yeah, it's that good works. to see. My wife yeah, is the 100%. same. She's. We are night and day, very different. You know, she's yeah. the organized one. Bills are always paid the first of every month. I'm just like. Ah, I'm, I'll get, Same, to brother. get to it. Like, yeah. It's going to get paid before the due date. <laughs> yeah. I just hand her the money. I'm like, here you go. Yeah, Do what you yeah. want with it. I've got my part. You keep yours. <laughs> yes, dear. Here you go. And <laughs> just, yes, yeah, you can pay the over. bills on my behalf. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's, uh, but yeah, she's always on. She, that's what, one thing that like, I just really appreciated about her was she's always on point with that. Always on point. So it's super, super good to have that in my corner. I think we can kind of head towards wrapping this up. Um, You have any parting words to leave with the people? I think a lot of people are going to enjoy catching up with you and looking back to their time, hanging out with you and and all that kind of good stuff. Any, any final words to leave for the people? Anything you want to say? Well, I just, I just, I love hearing everybody so far and it kind of makes me feel better about where I'm at in life to be, you know, we're all 40 years old and we don't Everybody's know shit about what we're doing, stuff. you know? Yeah. Yeah. We're just all still trying to figure it out. And I, I love to see that. And I love, I love the support that everybody's been given. Um, and I got so many memories and I, I love hearing Dre talking and uh, Keone and Jason. I just, man, they were, that was my, my, my crew back in high school. Yeah. And uh, yeah, super appreciate them jumping on and, and sharing their bit because it really it kind of a, uh, inspired me encouraged me and just lets me know that i'm not alone out there you know for sure. <laughs> all just no, trying to figure it out that's 100 percent <laughs> true though that's 100 true um hey man this has been so much fun again thank you um and i think everybody's gonna enjoy this so uh, yeah Michael thank you Karen, adam i appreciate everybody. you too thank man you. let's keep in touch brother uh,